It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Hey, here we go. Welcome back. Hour number two of the show, Off and Running. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out, cspire.com. A lot of ground covered in hour number one. If you're just tuning in, a lot of baseball in that first hour. Kind of uh, reacting to the weekends. All good. You know, we have good teams in the state of Mississippi. Nothing major uh, out of whack. Now, states putting together the pieces, trying to figure out who they are after last year. And, you know, a first-round draft pick starting pitcher who took over in Omaha, a college baseball player of the year in your lineup, your leadoff hitter who uh, was as good as anybody late in the year. You know, so – they're tra- they don't even know who the lineup is. State's played, I guess, seven games this year, and they had seven different lineups. Um, different you know, pitching rotation from one week into the next. We're just two weeks in. So they're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to they're gonna it's gonna take them a while. And and the goal is in, in sort of a retool year to figure that out by the time you get into the meat of the SEC season, try to make a run at it at the end. I think that's kind of where they are. Uh, the Ole Miss team is loaded. Offensively, they're as good as anybody in the country, and they're trying to keep that going for the long haul as well as keep people healthy, uh, particularly guys in their pitching staff, because that's what it's going to take long haul. And I've heard the coaches say, you know, it's a hitter's league in the SEC, and it, and it really is. But once you get out of the SEC and you get into the postseason, it's a pitcher's duel. It's really what it is. It's Lightning starters, a shutdown closer, and lots and lots of quality depth in the middle of guys that you trust putting on the mound in spot situations in these tournament games when elimination can be on the line. And that's what will tell the tale for teams. And You know, Texas is ranked number one in the country, and nobody's pitching it better than they are. Well, they, they, sh- they played three games against Alabama this weekend out in Austin and shut them out in the first two, and Alabama finally scored a run in like the sixth inning of the third game. And Alabama pitched well. It's just Texas just totally shut them down uh, on the mound. So we covered that ground, recapped it, looked at rankings, all that kind of stuff. I appreciate your text. A couple that I did miss on the transfer stuff. Uh, Jackson, we were talking about kind of – it's just absurd that they've placed the – July the 1st as the deadline for spring sport transfers when baseball season doesn't end until the day before. The day! And other things that were asinine. Uh, Jackson Mailman said the more asinine thing is John Rice Plumley applied for a waiver and was denied. Even if he didn't meet the deadline, he should have been granted the waiver the, uh, that he requested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, I mean, it's really not often that the NCAA is dealing with two sport people in the transfer portal in the waiver process. It's really not that often. It's not like they'd be setting some kind of dangerous precedent if they gave him the waiver. I, I agree with that. And you're right. Boomer Sooner, you're right. He said, hey, Matt, I think people are confusing the two different uh, things between transferring and declaring to transfer. Right. Um 
He says, Caleb Williams from Oklahoma declared in December but didn't select the destination until February, but that's true. But he didn't have to do it that fast. See, Boomer Sooner, you think about how out of whack the NCAA set all of the dates on this stuff. Because you go, well, it's May the 1st for fall sports. Well, tell me this. If a player plays in the fall and decides, I'm out of here, man, for whatever reason, you think he's going to wait all the way up into April before he declares he's in the portal? Why would he do that? Because if he's going to, Caleb Williams, the quarterback Oklahoma, if he's going to turn around and go somewhere, what's he trying to do? He's trying to get enrolled at his new school for the spring semester in January so that he can go ahead and go through spring practice. (laughs) Nobody is going to wait that late. Whereas, you know, you put a July 1 deadline on it and the baseball season ends on June the 30th. What are they even thinking with those dates? It's just not smart. I mean, there's no reason that they have to lump together fall and winter sports. No, you don't have to do that. Make the winter sports May the 1st. Okay, finally, we know what a winter sport is. (laughs) I know what fall ones are. Basketball and football. Give them a different date. Put it in December. Because that's when they're going to do it anyway. What are they doing? Pete from Old Brother, Where Art Thou said it best. I used to have that soundbite. Hang on. Time out. Do I have it? Nope. Yeah, I do have it. Here it is. That don't make no sense. Nope, it doesn't, Pete. All right, let's go over to the phones real quick, and then we'll get in that football conversation. Uh, RT on line one. What's up, RT? I, I, I was waiting for that. Old Brother, Where Art Thou soundbite. There's <laughs> so many of them in that show. Hey, RT, hey, uh, call us back and see if we can get a cleaner connection. Whatever we've got right here is, it ain't strong enough. And I'm curious what you had to say. Anybody that wants to talk about that is on the same wavelength with me regarding, oh, brother, where art thou? We need to get that phone call in. (laughs) So... Call me back. I got to pour some more coffee here. That might give you a chance, but I'm going to get on to this story about football attendance. Hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Let me tell you something. I got a, I got some new stuff from them. I'm stocked back up on the Ethiopian Yurgachev flavor roast. It is my favorite. If you haven't tried it, try it and you'll see what I'm talking about. And the way to try it is go to highpointroasters.com and order it. Look in your mailbox a couple of days later. It'll be there. Oh, and also, you can get some of those um, chocolate-covered espresso beans. Uh, last thing on baseball before I go. Uh, whoever said this is exactly right and is correcting me justifiably. Long Beach State did not sweep Mississippi State in baseball. They won two out of three. The first two. And I said they swept them. And I was wrong. And Lord, I apologize. Get it right, Wyatt. And in lockstep, three texts. Jackson Mailman said, Matt, no one ever accused the NCAA of being smart. (laughs) True Maroon said, just saying I'm a dapper Dan man. Like literally, I have dapper Dan hair jelly. I use it every day. True Maroon, tell the truth. 
you don't really use Dapper Dan. Are you saying that? <laughs> what, did, what did Everett tell the guy? He said, I, I, want, I don't want FOP. I want Dapper Dan. He said, well, I can get it for you in two weeks. And he had been telling everybody he could get their stuff in two weeks. And Everett said, well, this right here is just a geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and Boomer Sooner said it. He said, Matt, smart and NCAA never, ever supposed to be used in the same sentence. And we can confirm now that True Maroon is actually ordering heavy hold pomade, Dapper Dan superior hold and shine off of Amazon. Licorice and vanilla fragrance. Hold on a minute, True Maroon. Are you telling me you're putting hair gel in, walking around smelling like licorice and vanilla? <laughs> it's a good thing it's petroleum-free, it says here. because You know, we don't want you, you know, walking too close up under one of those stand-up heaters and, you know, lighting up like a torch. We don't want that. <laughs> Okay, how to transition. Well, football, football, football. I brought this up to you a few days ago. Uh, going back to last week on the show, I brought this up to you. Here, this will get you going. Can't you just hear it? The band walking down the street, headed to the stadium. Drums, maybe the sonic boom. They got ESPN game day on the video board, all that stuff. All right, so anyway, let me put the buzzkill on it. Declining college football attendance. We talked about it last week. There's a story at CBS by Dennis Dodd, and there's lots and lots in there for you to read, but here's what I think is meaningful. If you were to pluck one or two sentences out that basically tell the story and then let you peel it back. This is it right here. And I'd be curious to know what y'all think about it too. If you attend, if you buy tickets, if you don't, if you recently did and you decided to stop. In two, listen to this. In 2021, average attendance across college football was down for the seventh straight year. Nine of the last ten. And it's the lowest average attendance across college football since... 1981. Some of y'all were not born in 1981. That's how long it's been. And in 1981, let me tell you something. Davis Wade didn't hold 61,000 people. It hold about 30. About half what it does now. That's the same is true for a lot of places around the country. It's pitiful compared to sort of the high point around, what, 05, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10-ish? But all of a sudden, man, it has come down. And here's the thing. Okay, it points it out in the story. Well, Arkansas's attendance was up. Well, of course it was. There are a few exceptions. Arkansas's attendance, of course it was. Did you see it before Sam Pittman got there? Of course their attendance was up. They were awful under Chad Morris, one of the worst SEC teams I've ever looked at. And Arkansas fans know football, and they knew it too. Why would they show up for that? 
they had we played up there at the end of the Chad Morris deal, and they literally had about fifteen thousand people in Reynolds Razorback Stadium. It was you could have heard crickets. So of course their attendance is up. They're good all of a sudden. Arkansas fans so they'll buy a ticket just because they might see a touchdown. But not every good team's the same way. So listen to these numbers from the article too. If these don't paint a picture, I don't know what will. And I'm going to drive this home of what's going to happen. Half of the teams in the final top 25 had a drop in attendance at their home games. Top 25, the final one. Eight of the final top 10 teams saw a decline in attendance at their home games. Top 10. So it ain't just just win and all's well. And the thing is, you can't blame COVID. You can't say, well, okay, 2020 is out, but 2021, you still had COVID effects. Well, listen, that'd be one thing. This is nine of the last 10 years that you've seen a steady decline in attendance year over year over year over year. It's just steadily falling off, losing people, losing fans. They're not coming back, and you're not replacing them. So it wasn't just last year. You can't blame it on COVID. So let's look at a few things, all right? Ticket prices. Now, many of you are going to know this much better than I will, so so I'm just hitting at a few high points here. A couple of years ago, there was a study about, I think it was Big Ten tickets, all right? And again, this was two, three years ago, around 2018, 19. But in the Big Ten at that time, the across the entire league, the median price for season tickets, a season ticket was $500. There were some that were more, some that were a few less, but median right around 500. So even the median in the Big Ten three years ago, family of four, mom, dad, two kids, 2,000 bucks just to get the tickets. We're not even talking about gas, food, parking, lodging, nothing, just tickets, 2,000, right out of your pocket. And that was median. But then they've all increased over the last three years. Look at what Tennessee did last year, charging fans for tickets. We've restructured it. The cheapest one was $300 for a season ticket at Tennessee. The most expensive was $5,500. But here's the problem. They sent out this map. You know where the section of the stadium was for a $300 season ticket in the quote-unquote family section? In the last 10 rows of Neyland Stadium, the very top of the stadium, and it was like four little sections. That was the quote-unquote family section, $300 a pop. You buy that ticket, you better go out and spend another $300 on a set of binoculars. It is, they are expensive. And you let tickets go to the secondary market, some of y'all that have bought them, they become outrageous. And here's my question. Now listen to this closely. We're talking about attendance in stadiums going down. Well, duh, is what I say. What are you paying for? You buy a season ticket, what are you paying for? For 110 of the Division I FBS schools out of about 120, for their fan bases, let me tell you what you're not paying for. You're not buying a season ticket to go watch your team compete for a national championship. And about half of those or more, you're not paying buying those tickets to watch your team compete for a conference championship. You, it ain't available to you. We'll get to that. Now for... Fans of about 10 schools in the whole country, 
the college football playoff, the exclusivity at the top, that's not a deterrent to them because they have a shot at it. That's 10. What about the other 110? Compared to every other major sport, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, college basketball men, college basketball women, women, college baseball, whatever, soccer, whatever, any other major sport compared to any major sport, college football by far has the fewest number of teams participating in its quote-unquote playoff. By far. It's the only major sport with a Grand Canyon between about eight to ten teams on one side of the Grand Canyon and the rest of us over here on the other side. That's how far apart we are. Because of what? The recruiting structure and and the complete inability to balance it for people. That's where we are. That's what you're buying tickets for. I have described it accurately. So fans better enjoy visiting campus, seeing old friends, uh, tailgating before the game, you know, eating food at the ball game, passing on a tradition of my kids that we used to do, eating dinner in town afterwards, you know, something. Because they are not buying tickets to see their team chase a trophy. That's the reality. What about the length of the games? You know what? I'm sorry if you're hanging on. It's going to take me a while. What about the length of the games? Average NFL games, barely over three hours compared to the average college football game, which is 30 minutes to an hour longer than the average NFL game. Now, there's a difference. Okay, the college game has 20-minute halftime. NFL has 12. And you take the bands away, half your fans still don't. I mean, they want to see the band too. I read an article by Bill Connolly. ESPN. Listen to this statement. Modern games have up to five times as many minutes devoted to ads as opposed to actual gameplay. If you're in the stadium, you are affected by this more so than if you're sitting on your couch. Modern games have up to five times as many minutes devoted to ads as opposed to actual gameplay. So why is the decline in attendance going to get steeper, faster? Because of things like faking injuries. Commonplace, rampant this past year in college football. You know what? It disgusts fans at home and especially in the stadium. And guess what it does? It makes the game even longer. TV commercials, penalty reviews, it's a problem. Early kickoffs, 11 a.m. kickoff. All right, so if fans need the enjoyment around the game, the tailgating before the game, the hanging out with your friends and all that to be enticed to attend the game, and we've already established that, why are we having 11 a.m. kickoffs? Well, it's because television wants them, right? That's why. Let me tell you something. 11 a.m. kickoffs in September in the South It is stupid. It's asinine. And also, people aren't getting up, 
driving two hours in time to get on campus at 8 a.m. so they can have an hour and a half of tailgating so they can get in line at the gate at 10, wait in line, go through a metal detector, get something to eat in time to sit in their seat for the national anthem. Not doing it. Oh, well, they can get a hotel the night before. That's good for, you know, it's good for the town. It's good for revenue, isn't it? How, what's that cost again? Because they already paid a minimum of $2,000 for a family of four for tickets. When they could be sitting at home, the home experience, comfortable, inexpensive, clean bathrooms, cheap food, no travel costs whatsoever. If it's hot outside, turn the air on. If it's cold outside, get a blanket. Multiple games, no cost. Isn't it ironic that over the last 10 to 20 years, college football leaders have gotten on their knees and bowed down to the television gods, all in the name of money. And now they have a problem of people not coming to games so they can watch it on TV. Isn't that ironic? And let me tell you something, folks. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. It's only going to get worse. The drop in attendance is going to go faster and steeper in the years to come. The transfer portal is going to make it pick up speed. Name, image, and likeness recruiting is going to make it pick up speed. And it is recruiting whether anybody admits it or not. They got a problem. And I honestly don't think anybody knows how to fix it. And as long as TV's shelling out the money to the conferences, I don't know that anybody cares to fix it. The tale is in the tape. All right. Your phone calls coming up next. Stick around. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here right now. Back with you, John said on Facebook, many fans go to tailgate and never even go to the game. And then he uh, mentioned that motels, hotels, usually co- uh, require a two-night minimum on game weekends. Yeah, so it's... Um, Cost is up there for sure. All right, let's go to the phones. People have been hanging on patiently. I appreciate that very much. Going to start with RT. He's back. Got a good signal, we think. And take it away, RT. Thanks for calling us. Okay. You had to throw me off. with. I was just going to try to figure out and tell you all how to figure out and, and fix state baseball. Okay. And now right. you got in times of games, <laughs> and now you've got – and everybody thinks that the Rebels choke every year in baseball, <laughs> which – in 19, we pretty much, because of COVID, have the same team we have now, mm-hmm. and they were 19-1. and one. The season got cut off. Last year, we choked. Okay, let's deal with that. We have the same players back. Our one through nine is almost the same. I sat in 32-degree weather on Sunday morning with my son and my daughter watching Gonzalez and Elko and them hit almost every ball out of the park when I couldn't even feel my hands. And I'm like, this team is serious. Mm-hmm. Our pitchers are average. We had a 3-0. We were down 3-0. If I was the coach, I'd be like, I'm calling it the, to the other coach. We still – we beat them 14-3. to 
we got we left the game. My parents picked me and my kids up, got back in the car. It was 12-3. I'm like, this team isn't playing around in terms of offensive ability. There's not – I mean, it, you know, you go Chatagne, Gonzalez, Elko, Graham, Bench, McCants. It's serious. I mean, and I'm so, – I love state baseball. I'm glad they won it. But the fact that they had their high and we're going to go bust them out right at the solar sphere and really mess their excitement up about that they want it when we're going to get real close to it this year makes me really happy to watch this go down. And I love it. And you said, can't replace you said their bad boys. They, they lost too many. Did you say solar sphere? Guys. We'll see. Go ahead. Did you say solar sphere? <laughs> that was great. Dude, if, if, if Ole Miss gets to Omaha and starts getting close to the national championship after State won it one year before, State fans will bunker down harder than the U- Ukrainian people. I mean, that's terrible <laughs> thing now. to say. But, I mean, no, no, I'm saying it, it, that's the worst-case scenario for State and for them to come get their title. Here we go. They got their title. The Rebels are coming. We'll probably choke again like we always do. Okay, time out. But let me say one thing, Clay. Hang on, hang on. I don't agree with classifying that as choking. Okay? You can say choke, but, you know, whether it's losing in a regional, losing in a super regional, whatever, you know, it's just – I I know. I I get it. But it's just people that are baseball people will tell you, I mean, you can't call that choking. I mean, choking is ha- choking is having a two foot putt, okay, to win the golf tournament, and you miss it. You don't even lip out. You miss it that poorly from two feet. That's choking. Okay, you know that you can't yeah, classify what they've been through as choking. I don't think. Okay, can I say one thing? Sure. When you got the team and you're at your home stadium, and everybody knows you're better. And continually, you've lost those big ones there. And the aura, the aura over the stadium, when we play now, when we're supposed to win, is so terribly just pressure-packed. I feel sorry for the players, and the coach is not able to keep them loose enough to use their ability to win the games instead they tighten up because they want it too bad, and it's it's terrible. I mean, I love Mike Bianco. He's awesome. His kids play great. We we're we're very just. We have great recruiting classes, but how it, it's just the it's the aura around the stadium that's looking for disaster instead of prosperity. No, I understand. Yeah, I say, yeah. There's man. something to that for you sure. Know, and I mean, it, it's. It's a terrible – I don't. I can't think of a situation that's almost as – I mean, Marv Levy is a Buffalo Bill football coach. I don't know many examples that you could have a better coach, better program, better situation, consistency of winning where we're at this point. But it's just a bad deal that – you know why Everybody. you're at this. You know why you're at this point, though, uh, Clay. And then we'll move on after this because we got some other people holding. <laughs> why you are at this point, where there is pressure to win, where there is expectation to win, 
where you are a top five program in the country. You know why? It's because of Mike Bianco. It's because of him. Yeah, but what did it take for y'all to get over the top? Was Ron Polk going to get you there? No, it took Chris Lamonis. That's what I'm saying. Dan McDonald. I, I, I hate it. It takes a lot more I, than a coach. That's what I'm saying. To get over the hump. Takes a little takes a little luck too. Ball falls at the right spot. I love you know. this show and y'all y'all keep it up. I love you and Bill. Y'all y'all have a great Appreciate show it. and I'll keep listening. I don't want to uh, keep y'all busy. Bye. Did I say Did Clay? I, say I meant R T. Sorry, his name is R T. Uh, I got I got it mixed up. It's not Clay. I tell you what, Bill, thanks to R T for getting back because he didn't have a good signal while ago, but boy, he sure made up for it, didn't he? <laughs> Yes, he did. He made he made every squeeze, every drop out of that phone call. Uh, Houston on line two. What's up, Houston? Thanks for calling. Houston, you there? I'm, I'm here. Uh, can, can you hear me? Yep, okay? yep. Got you loud and clear. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Prior to that last caller, I had an entire segment that I was going to say about the the. the uh, uh, geez, I can't even think. Oh, the uh, the college football the college football attendance issue. Well, 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 the, well, the reason why I can't even think is the uh, the the and the amount of frustration. I understand the Ole Miss call and his right to be feeling the pressure. I love it. I love it because I understand what it takes to win the national championship. Because I, I stepped through you know, two weeks of that, and uh, and it's tough. It doesn't matter how good you are. It takes a lot of luck, and it takes a lot of just being there and being in the moment. And and it's just it's a wonderful uh, call for me to respond to because it's so hard to be in that position. And uh, it is not just one coach, as you just said. It's it's everything. It's the culture, starting with Jake Mangum when this team was down in 2018. We forged it. We worked on it. And uh, it's something that uh, almost is used to because before they had Mike Bianco, they won anything. And so it's hard because the uh, the biggest thing about the Ole Miss thing is they are constantly feeling like they're inferior to us, so they have to feel more empowered by saying that they're going to be good, and yes, they are a top-five team right now, and they are having the, a good start to the season. But, you know, our, our, our goal is not to focus on them. It's to focus on us. But but from an Ole Miss perspective, it took us a, a long time to get back to the level that we're accustomed to because we had to get coaches that would recruit and not use our camp. And uh, now that we got our baseball stadium, we are far superior to them. In most years, and we should be able to out-recruit them almost every year because we have the better stadium. And, and the fan bases are even. You know, and, and for me to say that, it takes a lot because I'm a diehard 
Mississippi State fan, as you know, mm-hmm. Matt, and 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 they are a really good uh, program. But at the end of the day, we're going to get it going, and I don't expect us to win the national championship this year. It's going to be too difficult, but I expect us to play with a lot more effort and tenacity. Hey, Houston, I really appreciate the phone call, buddy. I appreciate the call. It's always good to hear from you. Thank you. Thibodeau, hanging on line three. Appreciate you being patient, Thibodeau. What's up? Oh, man, I'm just uh, doing some late-season crepe myrtle pruning, listening to the show. Oh, boy. Um, So, the article you retweeted from uh, Dennis Dodd, I had that conversation with my wife a couple Mm -hmm. of days ago. Because we stopped attending. And it wasn't because of coronavirus. It was because we were kind of looking at it and going, all right, we, we definitely can't get a hotel because we can't afford to stay for two nights and eat, you know, six meals. Right. Um, and ticket prices and all that. So we, what we used to do living in the Jackson area, it's an hour and 45 minutes up 55 and across 82. To get there, we would just drive up tailgate for a little bit, go to the game, get in the car, go back home. What it became for us was, was it was expensive to get a ticket and to eat and the gas and all that, but essentially you spend six hours or so of your day in the in the car. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, this. it's really not fun enough to justify that. Right. You know, um, but I, and I'll tell you this too, you know, coronavirus is not the reason but I think it's going to be a reason why you don't see it come back up. That's, that's and that's right. because we sat at home going, good gracious, look at the money we're saving. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you know that, what? That we talked year. about that, didn't we? During that 2020 season, Thibodeau, yeah. we, we talked about it, that they were going to have people leave that would go, you know what? I, I, I like this better. I'm not going back. Yeah. Yep. That's a really good point. Hey, uh, Thibodeau, I appreciate your patience, man, very much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. You know, see, that's it. He's exactly what we said. Um, you factor in the ticket cost, the other cost stuff. There's just some people that can't then factor in a two-night hotel deal and all the meals that go along with it. And so then you're going to drive on game day. Well, you're totally eliminated from 11 a.m. games if the outside the game experience matters to you, you know, and even then it's still, you're going to have to bust your rear end in the morning to get up there and make sure you're in the stadium for kickoff. And then if it's in September, you know, factor in water because you're going to fry. Stick around. At this time, we are proudly required to present, present more of the Matt Wyatt show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. All right, back with you. we got about 20 minutes left together. Plenty of time to get in. Uh, we've gone through a lot of stuff today. It's been fun. Uh, talking about attendance issues, college football. Trying to nail down some of that. Um, somebody texted and said, you know, don't forget about the Bulldog Club donation that goes along with being able to buy uh, season tickets at Mississippi State, you know, at a certain level. And that's true. And I'm just telling you, the revenue from TV, since they've bowed down to TV anyway, the revenue from TV is about to skyrocket in a couple of years when the new TV contract for the SEC kicks in. It's just going to – the money coming into the schools and the SEC is just going to double 
in terms of TV revenue because of that one deal. And I'm just waiting for a smart, savvy school athletics director administration who can figure out the financials, a way to a way to piece this together where they can then go to their fan base and say, you know what, I've got good news. T- season ticket prices are slashed. We are cutting them in half. We're going to get season tickets with decent seats available at a price that you will not believe. Here's the structure, and oh, by the way, it does not require a donation. We are going to prioritize making it possible to have a full stadium of fans that want to be here. And because of extra revenue from TV, we'll fill the gaps and figure it out. But we're hitting the reset button on this idea that everything is a premium to get in here, and anybody who, frankly, just doesn't have quite enough money, you can stay home. We're not doing that anymore. I'm just waiting for one of them to do it. Somebody can afford to do it. It's just who, according to who has the guts. All right, over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Chris on line one. What's up, Chris? All right, Matt. So I'm going to be quick here. Um, I'm going to say this. Let's, let's go to the state Ole Miss baseball thing first. Okay. You want to know what the difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State and baseball is? What's that? It's the, it's the athlete that they recruit. If you look back at it, and Jake Mangum is a prime example, mentally tough. Just, I mean, glass eater, mentally tough. That is the difference. The guy said it for you right there. It's not the coaching. It's not anything else. It's not the fan base. It's the athlete. Mississippi State doesn't always take the most talented player. But they always take the one that's going to be mentally tough and push through and get it done. And Houston, you're wrong. The reason why I'm predicting Mississippi State to win the national championship this year is exactly what I saw Saturday. Look at Preston Johnson. He didn't have his best stuff. He struggled right at the beginning. But he pushed through. He bore down and he got the job done. And, Matt, every year we always struggle on what day. I mean, we always have a really good Friday player. We don't ever hardly struggle on Friday night. What are we doing now? We're struggling on Friday night. But we're winning on Sunday. Can you tell me the last time that we've had what looks to be a shutdown Sunday pitcher? It's been a long time. I've been watching baseball and listening to baseball for a long time. Pretty sure Jim Ellis might be the only one that knows the answer to that question. And when, you, when you're talking about football and attendance and stuff, Matt, I won't be going back to no games until I can figure out how to to fast forward through all the breaks because that's one of the main reasons why I don't go anymore because mm. I can sit at home. I don't have to watch those stupid commercials. I can miss the first 30 minutes of the game, have it on record, and then I can fast forward through every one of the commercials, all the halftime. I don't have to watch that junk. Yep. You know what? You know what I thought about when I was looking at that, Chris. You're exactly right. You know that that line that was in that story that I quoted that said, uh, "In the modern era, modern day games, you've got five times as many minutes devoted to advertisement as you do actual gameplay." That blows my mind. But when you think about it, you remember that saying, "You can't serve two masters." That's right. 
right. the the fact is the college game and the conferences are kind of they're sort of the in stadium attendance deal. They're kind of just over here patting it on the head. And then they go over here and get on their knees and absolutely bow face down to television. They've made the decision, we serve the master of television because they give us the money. And television's got so to have it because they're surviving off live sports. It, how long will it take these colleges to figure out how the NFL's doing it? Because when you go to an NFL game, yes, the main attraction is the game. But there's always something else going on, Matt. You're exactly always. right. You're exactly there's a, right. There's a concert. There's something else. So if you get bored or tired with the game, you can go watch the concert for a little while and come back. There's always something else going on, mm-hmm. not just the game. Well, and, and even I mean, even my, the NFL, you know, the games are much shorter and more concise, and even they saw just a little bit of complaining about all the ads and the disruptions, and they went to work on it two years ago and were like, we're not having this. We're figuring it out. I mean, if you got people paying to come to the concert and the game, you don't have to have all those ads because you're making two different revenues at one time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's stuff like that. Yes, the, what's actually killing it, what makes college football so great is what's killing it the pageantry is actually killing the game mm-hmm. because people are tired of the pageantry. They want, they've want they seen how the NFL is doing it. They want it to get, get there, get done, so they can go home. And especially, like you said, at 11 o'clock, I mean, everybody says, oh, well, those LSU fans want to do it at night. Well, of course they do because it's when it's 100 degrees in September <laughs> in Mississippi, it's 110 in Louisiana. Yeah. And it's just that much hotter because they're right there on the water. Yeah, I know. And it's the same thing in Florida. I mean, it's ridiculous. They should make all those 11 o'clock games be from northern schools to where it's still cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it just, but, hey, you know, you can't see the forest from the trees, man. Yeah. So have a good day. And I still say, even with these struggles, I think this is going to make us a better team. When this team actually goes to hitting, people are going to realize that that's something special and startful again this year. And I still believe it because I just don't think that we're going to see that many more Friday nights like that. I, I, I just the kid's too good to pitch, uh, too good of a pitcher to keep struggling like that. And he's not really struggling. He's not getting any support. So when the bats get going in startful, people better watch out. Thanks for the call, Chris. Have a good day. You too, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Um, let's see. Uh, let me cover a lot of ground with Chris. Yeah, the mental tough part of it is is true. Uh, there's no question. I mean, that that'll be a separator, but it's not confined to one place or another. It depends on those individuals. Can they then take their individual? mental approach and toughness and then galvanize it together as a group and that part of it doesn't care what uniform you're wearing you better do it you better commit to it and do what it takes to have that toughness or else you don't have it you can't just say we want to be tough and be tough gotta do it hey Bill check this out I bet you remember this Okay. Okay. 1983, February 28th, 1983. 
This show became the most watched television program in history when the final episode aired on CBS. Got a clue? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was going to be MASH. You knew it was going to be MASH? Oh, yeah. I watched it that way. Yeah. Hey, and did I see... The farewell show. Did I see the, the blonde that was... Yeah, a, from the original movie, MASH. Uh, okay. Uh, was the, uh, the girl played the hot lips in the yeah. original movie. She passed away at 84 years old. Right. At 84. I can't remember her name, but I saw that this past week. I, yeah, I remembered hot lips, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, MASH. MASH became the most watched TV program in history when the final episode aired on CBS, TV movie entitled Goodbye, Farewell, Amen. That was on this day in 1983. All right, back over to the phones. State Grad 98 on line one. What's up, State Grad? Hello. Hey, you got the floor. What's up? Hey, man. Speaking of the floor, who's going to be roaming the floor for the men and women next year? Any, I know it's, it's not over yet, but any um, scuttlebutt? Okay. Um, you, you're, it was a little hard to hear you. You're asking uh, who's going to coach the women's team? Yeah, talking about the men's and women's basketball. Oh, yeah, both. Okay, men's and women's. Yeah, man, I, I don't have any. I don't have any scuttlebutt on it. You hearing anything? He gone. He gone. I don't know. Hey, RT's back. We got RT on line two. Hey, RT, what's up? Look, I can do better than that. Okay. Look, here we are at, at the state situation. Okay. Number one, when is it going to be when everybody realizes that putting Landon Sims, what? Tanner Sims, whatever his name is, <laughs> moving him to the Friday night starter instead of working through the 18 different five-star guys y'all have to pitch and, and get a little little rotation worked out and just move him over there, and now you've blown it up and you don't have any uh, Apex uh, Tanner Allen guys to fill in the deal you're going to be doing with Parker Stinnett and uh, – Whatever the, the other guys' names are, Cade Smith. They don't. They hadn't done anything. Ole Miss guys did things for three years, and they got run out last year. And they feel like the worst pieces of things in the whole world. But I guess guess what? They got one through nine. They could all go to the major leagues. Their pitchers are average. We'll see what happens. But have fun, stay y'all. Y'all just keep thinking you're going fifty-six and zero. Goodbye. So there. <laughs> okay, the first time he called, he used the word solar sphere. <laughs> yeah. I really don't know what he was getting at with that, but he worked it in there. And did you hear that time there was a random use of the word apex? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then I, he is entertaining, man. He Been said, reading the dictionary. Well, he said they're not going 56 and 0. No, because they currently are 4 and 3. <laughs> Oh, man, that's great. I promise you this. <clears throat> Here's what I love about Mississippi. Guys like RT and Houston and Chris. This is the only state in America where in 
the last day of February, there is trash talk from callers passionate about college baseball. We're the only ones, y'all. It's different here. For Bill, I'm Matt. Everybody here on the show. We'll see you tomorrow in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team.